0: Welcome to the Revitalize Podcast, a podcast where we have conversations to help you experience emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness as you lead at your church, your business, or in your life. Here are your hosts, Danielle and Kevin. Welcome back to Episode 6 of the Revitalized Podcast. You are here with Danielle and Kevin Presso. And up till now, we have been interviewing each other during a series that we've been focusing on on wellness and different parts of wellness. We focused on spiritual wellness, physical wellness, emotional wellness, and just interviewed each other to get some uh, ideas of, you know, some things that we can move forward in, but also just to hear uh, the experiences that we've had through our leadership um process and how God has been helping to grow us and heal us in different areas.
1: Right. And our goal really has been with this podcast to hopefully as we share our journey, that it encourages you as a Christian leader in your journey.
0: Absolutely. As
1: we are big believers in the value of being real, uh, being real before God, being real before one another. But being real in a way that's actually healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a way that we could actually sit there and go, I'm, being, I'm just being real. But it uh, might not be the healthiest way to be real. So we really hope that this is a blessing to all of you. And thank you for everyone who has been commenting and liking and giving thumbs up. And if you could, you know, leave a review on your favorite podcast software, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or whatever software you use to listen to this, that would be hugely appreciated because that really helps this to get to more and more leaders.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things I have been hearing lately is, um, for people who think we can't talk about these types of things in the church.
1: That's quite heartbreaking, isn't it? It
0: is. And it's like, well, we have the mindset that we should be able to talk about anything in the church. We have that mindset. And so I don't know if we are... Um, the norm or if there's something different about us where we feel like it should be talked about, it's not talked about so that we can like hang our dirty laundry outside for everybody to see. It's talked about so that we can, uh, be real, and expect others to be real as as you're leading in your areas of ministry as well. So that's been really important to us. And so today, we're going to be real, and we're going to talk about Kevin's emotional wellness. And I think we're going to start with how the conversation between the two of us might normally go. So, Kev, what are you thinking?
1: Huh. uh Nothing. What? (laughs) That's usually the way the conversation goes,
0: isn't it? Exactly. So, like, for a woman, you ask her, what are you thinking? And there's lots of thoughts and lots of feelings and lots of of emotions. For a man, I'm told, you ask that question, and it doesn't necessarily come out the same way. So, when I ask you, what are you thinking? Right. What's going on in your mind and heart?
1: I don't know. <laughs> no, and I think that's... Is been, it
0: tougher for guys to share these kinds of things? Or is there really nothing going on behind the behind the scene there?
1: Or I don't know tell if us it's, about that. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much that it's tougher, you know, for, for men or women. But I, I do think that there is, and again, I'm, I'm going to generalize mm-hmm. as I say this kind of a statement because I know this isn't true for all for right. all men. But, uh, but in the men that I've walked with and the men that I've mentored over the years and in myself included... Sometimes there's just so many different responsibilities and so many hats that men wear, whether it's, you know, you're a Christian leader. So whether that's a volunteer leader, or maybe you're a pastor, it's part of your vocation. Uh, you're You could be married, you could have kids, you could have all these different responsibilities. And sometimes you just kind of have these things kind of there, and you're stressed out, frustrated, angry, sad, depressed, anxious, whatever feeling that might be in there. And they're all in there about different things. Oh, okay. Right. And so when you're, and it's hard to articulate it, to put words to the feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and, and sometimes I think where a lot of fear sets in, in when men talk about kind of their emotional wellness is, well, if I say the wrong word then you end up down this rabbit trail that you don't want to go down because
0: and the wrong word meaning something that might trigger the person that's
1: asking or it's actually not what's actually wrong with you like this sit there and oh. if you don't want to say well i'm feeling depressed when it's not depression you're struggling with you're just feeling a little sad so know?
0: even or, the identifying of what that emotion is can be tricky
1: i think that that can be really tricky for a lot of for a lot of guys mm-hmm. yeah
0: and maybe even for women too i think it's probably um it's been more um, culturally acceptable for women to emote right. than it has been for men to emote. And I think, too, sometimes the way men tend to emote, maybe with more anger or in harsher ways, whereas women might cry, Right. it's like more socially acceptable for women to sure. cry than right. it is for a man to lose his
1: temper. Uh, well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're and I'm not of,
0: saying that men don't cry and women don't lose their temper. Both happen, right. of course, but those, uh, those, those, uh, stereotypes.
1: There's definitely a cultural norm of what is allowed. It's mm-hmm. okay to shed some tears when you're upset. It's another thing to blow up and yell. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and respond in anger. Mm-hmm. I mean, just go to any, go to any medical clinic or go to, I mean, I even saw the sign at at a drive-through coffee shop the other day saying we will not tolerate any violence whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I see it's a like, lot these days no abuse no, no abuse, no mm-hmm. abuse, no
1: violence or anything like that and it's like because <sighs> We've become, I think in our culture, we're very angry. Mm. We've become a very angry culture and we're not able to express ourselves very well in yeah. a healthy way anymore as a culture
0: and more it, and more. Because there's also like such um, opposing views on things and it seems like it's gotten hard in culture to talk about right. one side or the other without there being this battle, it seems.
1: Sure, absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah.
0: Assuming that you have a level of emotional... Health right now, have you always been in that spot, or has there been a time when you felt not as healthy emotionally?
1: oh goodness, yeah um can definitely remember times and thats I think this is what the the challenge of the topic is is you don't realize you're emotionally healthy until you're not
0: interesting
1: because <laughs> like, you just because life is just life and life is just kind of happening and you don't realize that there might be issues in this topic until it reaches a point when you can't manage anymore. Okay. And I think the first time that this became a reality for me is when everything, like so I, you know, both Danielle and I were pastors at our church. I serve as the lead pastor and this is going back a number of years ago and everything in our church was going great. Like our church was growing. We were seeing people coming and and accepting Jesus as Lord. We were seeing people getting baptized. Every area of ministry was growing. Financially, we were doing good. We had volunteers and all the key areas of ministry. And I was just nervous and anxious all the time. And I don't even know why. It wasn't like there was a trigger. It wasn't like that there was anything negative that had gone on that, like, someone yelled at me or blew up at me or sent me a nasty email. Like, there was none of that.
0: So, circumstantially, everything was going well. Everything around me was going well. And but I was, inside, you were having some yeah. anxiety?
1: I'm not even too sure exactly what it was. You know, whether it, was a, it probably was just more of a state of depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then I found myself on a Monday morning driving to the church office. And pulling into the parking lot, just starting to cry. Right. And it's like, what is this? (laughs) Like, where's this coming from? Right. So, again, so you don't, or at least in my case, I didn't know what triggers were leading me to this, as well as, you know, was I fine before this? Or maybe I'd never been fine, but now it's just kind of hit a crashing point. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know.
0: So, now, looking back mm-hmm. to that time, what would you say could have attributed to that feeling at that time?
1: Uh, again, I, to be honest, I don't think I could ever just flat out articulate mm-hmm. this was the cause of that
2: mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. you
1: know, It could have been a, a combination of a whole bunch of things, which this is most likely what it was. Uh, a combination of not enough rest.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: very, very poor Sabbath keeping. Mm. Um, struggling with, um, not my Christian identity, but my identity in what do I like to do for fun? Like what's life giving for me? Like yeah, that's from
0: been, a, that's been an issue for you for some time, not knowing what brings you fun.
1: I've struggled with that for years now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's probably coming up on five, if not longer years
2: mm-hmm.
1: of, I don't know what I like to do for fun. like And 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 there isn't, like, this group of friends that I have that we have fun together, right? And that's, so all, there's that's these, always
0: been important to you, right? Not just friends that you can sit and chat with and have a coffee with,
1: but right. friends
0: that you have kind of mutual interest and in do things together. Is oh, that, absolutely. Is that a guy thing overall, or is that a you thing,
1: do you think? Uh, it could be both, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a me thing. Like, yeah. I, I kind of bond through activity, so... Mm. You know, whether it's playing a game or doing a hobby or things like that, that. That's definitely how I form most of my relationships.
0: So not getting enough rest, not having fun. And yeah. and even the things, why don't you talk a little bit about the things that once brought you pleasure and then you were kind of struggling, it was kind of elusive after yeah. that. you were
1: finding it hard to, well, to I find think, that Yeah, Yeah, so, so I am a, a nerd. Uh, actually, the, the correct term is geek. Yeah. So, not, so, a nerd. not a Come nerd. On. No. So, because nerds are smart, and I'm not smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you You are. Yeah, You're yeah. smart.
1: <laughs> but um, more more geek culture stuff. So oh i was really into God. like science fiction and fantasy and role playing games and board games and miniature gaming and things like that. And so, even when we first moved here to Ottawa. You know, like, I mean, because when we had little kids, a lot of that stuff just gets put on a shelf because Mm -hmm. you have little kids and that season of life is busy and tiring. And so, so suddenly the kids are older, you find yourself having a little bit more spare time and you go, okay. So you take out the old board games.
0: You had a lot of things on the shelf.
1: I Had a lot of things on the shelf. And so you take them out and then you try to find the community, you know, here in this new city that we had just moved to. So there was this one miniature game that I played, you know, quite a lot. And then, um, Went to, to find the community here, and found the community to be very, very, very toxic. Really? Um, yeah, like it just wasn't fun. Like it, you know, like it, it, it with people kind of obsessing on the rules and nitpicking and gatekeeping, um, and then. And then if they ever found out that you were actually, you know, a Christian or, or even worse, a pastor. Well, well, no one wants to hang out with a pastor. Mm-hmm. No one wants to, like, you know, play Dungeons and Dragons with a pastor in the room. And so you actually found myself, I found myself excluded. And it just was not fun.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: these games aren't cheap. so you, So you invest a significant amount of money in them but they're they're community based games as well. And so suddenly, if you find yourself on the outskirts of the community because of different beliefs and instead of a commonality just centered around the game, yeah, which, you know it should be, then it's just not fun, so what I'm so, hearing
0: is like, yeah, uh, I don't think you've said this term, but what I'm hearing is you were lacking a sense of belonging. In not in your Christian culture, not no. in friends from church, church or neighbors or whatever and yeah. family, but lacking a sense of belonging in those, um, hobbies and interests. Yeah. And you it's do kind of in that those, fun in those that other spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: we've, you and I, we talk about this a lot, right? And maybe some of you, especially if you're in, um, vocational Christian ministry as a leader. And I think sometimes, Volunteer leaders don't understand this as much as the person, you know, the man or the woman who works in the church is there's this blurring of the lines of your relationships in the church when you're on staff, Mm -hmm. because it's your church family, right? It's the place that you go to for worship. It's the place that you go to, to come into the presence and the glory of God in corporate worship. It's the place where, you know, you make friends where, you know, you are discipled and you're discipling one another where your kids grow in their faith. Like, so yeah. there really is this family component to it. But then there's this, it's your job component right. to it right like you have staff evaluations and hr processes and here's where you're doing a good job and here's where you're not doing a good job and you know and then you make yourself vulnerable to someone that who then uses it against you at an annual general meeting and so there's and this the
0: spiritual attack that comes along and with the spiritual
1: it. absolutely a mm-hmm. spiritual attack that comes with it and so so yes the church is your family and i firmly believe that but it feels like a distant family sometimes if you're not very intentional, you know. So, and thankfully, that hasn't always been the ca- our case. So, we're very blessed in the church that we're a part of now, and you know, with great relationships. But that takes time. It mm-hmm. takes time to build. And so,
0: and it wouldn't really be uh, recommended. I don't think you would recommend to only have your friends within the church. Anyway, it doesn't no, mean don't God, have
1: friends within no, the church, absolutely. but not to only have
0: friends within the church. So, a- talk a bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I think that's the the thing, right? It's like. I mean, I, I always say, you know, like Danielle, Danielle's my best friend, you know, and I, and, and I mean that. No, and I do. I actually mean that. You were, If I had to choose between one person on the planet to hang out with on a Friday night, it's you. Jesus. Oh, sorry. Wow, well, Jesus. Right. Yes, of course. That's right. a good Sunday school answer. Here on Earth. Yeah. Well, okay. Jesus and Danielle. <laughs> okay. But it's you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, you know, thank you. But mm-hmm. that doesn't negate the need. For other relationships, no, of course, as well, mm-hmm. right? And so again, common interests and 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 whether it's hobbies or sports or different things like With that. We
0: and I have totally we do common. Not, no, not, <laughs> we do not
1: have common interests when it comes to those type of hobbies things.
0: and yeah, no, we, definitely we not. meet
1: each other in the middle. Yeah, so mm-hmm. actually, no, we meet each other at each other's extreme. That's yeah,
0: <laughs> you're really into that. Okay, I can do that. I you're really do. into that. Okay, I can do that. Exactly. Yeah. But but it's definitely not yeah. our passion together, these kinds right. of hobbies and interests.
1: Right. So mm-hmm. I think a long period, because so the original question was what led to yeah. that crying in the car? Right. I think there's this, the longevity of improper rest. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in our episode where we talked about my physical well being. Right. Because of my back pains, because of all the other things I was struggling with, I didn't sleep well on a good night. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sleeping well. I'm not Sabbath keeping. I'm having a hard time balancing work Ministry, family and
0: you weren't exercising at that time. At I was all. not
1: exercising at all, mm-hmm. so I was gaining more and more and more weight
0: mm-hmm.
1: in that time, uh which was affecting my self esteem that was was affecting probably my self worth and how I viewed myself and things like that, and then um yeah, and that lack of fun,
2: yeah. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: and wrestling with, I used to find fun in these things, now I don't. The things I used to find fun in, I actually don't find fun. Like, it's not that I just don't have time to do them. When I actually do do them, I don't enjoy it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you do with that? Right? So that's where I got
0: and, and interestingly, that's actually one of the signs of depression, is not enjoying the things that you yep. used to enjoy. Right. So was depression a part of all of that?
1: Well, so when I finally went to a doctor mm-hmm. about all of this, and that really only came out, and I believe we talked about this in, uh, again, a previous episode, when you went to California to Rick Warren's Saddleback Church mm-hmm. for uh, their conference on church and mental health. Yeah. And so we thought we were going, you know, sending Danielle to that so that we could be better equipped as pastors and Christian leaders to help other people in their emotional wellness. And both of us realized within those resources that we learned that, yeah, we both need work in our own lives.
0: Oh, definitely. I knew it because I'd already yeah. um, gone for some help and was take, doing uh, Christian therapy and taking... Right medication for depression so yeah I'd already hit the wall Mm -hmm. but I think that's when you hit the wall
1: exactly Mm -hmm. so going to the doctor so that was kind of the the the, the catalyst to get me to finally go talk to our family physician and and again our doctor is amazing like I, i Love her. I love her doctor. Like she is such a great, great doctor. And, and she, you can ask her anything and she's not just a, you know, some pill pusher and things like that. Like she just really wants to help you. Be, Super be empathetic. Well. Very empathetic. Great, great doctor. When
0: doctors say, Oh, only two, no more than two things to bring up. No, this doctor is always like, oh, yeah. Is there anything else you anything want to else, talk about before else. you go? It's yes.
1: so sweet. Yeah, Don't leave until we've addressed whatever you mm-hmm. want to address. Um, uh, and so she led me through kind of a questionnaire and different resources that they have. And, and, and then right there in her office, I, start, I broke down, and started crying. Yeah. And so, you know, and she was so encouraging and so Empathetic helpful,
0: compassionate, and, and
1: no judgment. And, mm-hmm. and she knows what I do for a living. Like we've talked about the fact that I'm a pastor of a mid-sized church, you know, here in our city. She, she, we've talked about my faith. We've talked about my prayer life. We've talked about all these things before. And just to have this environment of no judgment whatsoever Mm -hmm. was so needed to start the journey.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I didn't know where else you could necessarily find that. And this isn't a knock against our church, because when I finally did tell our church, they were incredibly helpful and sympathetic and empathetic as well. And but you don't know that in the moment.
0: Right. And and that's a part of that shame that comes right. with the stigma, right? Absolutely. Is what are people going to think? And yeah. especially You're in the your Christian pastor. church, my senior pastor. And your senior
1: pastor is crying on his way to, to the church on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do with that? Yeah. Well, you have a board member, emergency board member and uh, meeting and... Uh, find someone else who has their stuff together, right? Well, that, that's, the that's fear. what the fear says, yeah. That's the yeah. fear, right?
0: And so you said you started that journey, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been able to start without having that non-judgmental ear. Right. Yep. So it might be somebody's doctor, it might be a friend, it might be a family member, but it seems like everybody kind of needs that, right? Mm-hmm. That, Absolutely. that non-judgment and, yep. and to be able to be listened to. Right. What did that do for you?
1: It was incredibly freeing. So again, to, and to recognize some of it could have been situational, and what we had learned at Rick Warren's, you know, conference on mental health is some of it could be physical. Like, or physiological. Physiological. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like just like how, and we've talked about this, like you don't tell the cancer patient don't take chemo.
2: Mm-hmm. Or
1: just like you don't tell the mental health patient to not take their medication. Right. Like There's a real chemical physiological you know, help that's needed Mm -hmm. that these medicines can provide. Right. Right. So having that conversation was very freeing. And so her assessment of it was, let's put you on medication for a season Mm -hmm. to see what it does and to see, basically I paraphrase how she put it, but to take the edge off of the depression to put other things in place, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like better sleep, like better Sabbath keeping, like finding a hobby that you'll enjoy, like exercise, like eating well.
0: Yeah, because sometimes when you are in it and with depression, it can feel hopeless. All of those areas can feel hopeless. Well, you spiral. Yeah.
1: Right? So you're feeling depressed. You know you need a better night's sleep to help start feeling better, but your back is so sore you don't sleep well. Mm -hmm. So it's like here you're stuck with this chicken and eggs situation. Which one comes first? How do you... I can't get rid of the pre- the depression because I can't sleep. You know, I can't sleep because my back is too sore. Um I can't,
0: exercise I can't exercise because I didn't get enough sleep.
1: Because I didn't get enough sleep, <laughs> right? And so you're like, eventually, you just need a breakthrough in one of those areas mm. to to kickstart the other three. <laughs> so
0: did it act as that for you?
1: It was huge for that. A, break, a breakthrough? It really was. Mm-hmm. It really was that, that breakthrough for me that I needed because then it allowed me to get a little little bit of a better control over some of my thoughts, you know, and I was developing and we talked a little bit about this in some of the spiritual stuff. In some of my identity, like I'm not a people pleaser by nature, but certain people, oh boy, their opinions of me really matters. Mm-hmm. So that helped me to deal with some of that. That helped me to reevaluate some of the hobby stuff that I've been a part of. And, and to be honest, I'm still on that journey of the hobbies. I'm still trying to figure that out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I know what I don't like anymore, and I've cut those things. Right. Like I said, like, you know what? This is not life-giving for me. It's too toxic. I'm out, and it's not a knock against that. It's just not for me anymore, mm-hmm. right? And so that, and that's given me a lot of freedom and a lot of health and, <laughs> to, and to make those decisions too.
0: Toxic is a, a bit of a buzzword these days. Right? What does it mean when you say like those hobby groups were toxic for you? What does that
1: mean without
0: specifying no, this group? Was, no, 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 I'd never
1: do that. Yeah. It, again, we we're in a culture now where we've lost the ability to have differencing of opinions, mm-hmm. different difference of opinion. Right. Uh, we are, and, and I'm not just saying this stuff. You can look it up. You can find research on this. We are increasingly becoming angrier and angrier and angrier as a culture, as a Western culture. And uh, I think COVID just accelerated that mm-hmm. and just ramped it way up uh, during the last two years. So, and I, this is, this is the analogy that I use that if I go, I, I've gone on Twitter And said, I don't like a movie. Yeah. And I've received a death threat for that. Wow. Like, and I'm not even kidding. It wasn't even, it's not like there's a little winky face at the end of it. It's, I wish people like you would die so the rest of us could enjoy what we enjoy. Wow. It's like, really? Like, really? You wish me dead for not liking a movie? What is... (laughs) Wrong <laughs> with you? Like if I could be so blunt, right? Like I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy that they'd be dead,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Yeah. Um, oh, especially, and it's because of your opinion of a movie. Of a movie, like this doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? And this is what I found again and again and again and again: is you can't even disagree. You can't say, "Well, I don't like this." And then when you do disagree with something, then suddenly there's these labels that get thrown at you for this. And then it messes up your identity too. It messes up how, who, how you feel about yourself. It's like, well, okay, like again, here's a dumb example. Well, you know, I don't, I didn't like, I didn't like the newest Star Wars movie. Uh, you know, so you share this. And and then the automatic response is, well, you didn't like it because um, it had a woman lead character. And so you're, you must be a misogynist. And it's like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is the Terminator <laughs> with Sarah Connor. I have no problem with Sarah Connor. She's one of the best science fiction characters ever created. Right. She's amazing. I didn't like Ray. Because she was badly written. But then you get attacked and attack your character. And then now you finally start wrestling with yourself. Going, Am I a misogynist? Mm. Am I a racist? Mm-hmm. Am I a this? Am I a this? And you're like, I just I just want to hang out and talk about Star Wars. And again, <laughs> I'm just using this as an example. Right, right? I'm not right. picking on one group over another, mm-hmm. but it's like And this is what I mean by toxic. Mm -hmm. And we throw these labels out at one another on both sides, on both sides of the debate. And it's exhausting. And it's for me, what it was doing was it was actually really impacting my emotional wellness in a very negative way. Mm -hmm. So you have to realize what's causing that and remove those things. So that was kind of the, again, being on the medication Helped me to be able to have these conversations. Right. It helped me to be able to process and evaluate what's life giving, what's not life giving, what are the relationships you want to put energy in and pursue, and the ones that you won't do that for mm-hmm, and things like that. It's not
0: not healthy. It's not it's not building you up.
1: Well, and again, and because I because I've now gotten to the point where I'm not well.
0: hmm
1: So why would I continue to put myself in an environment that's going to continue to make me unwell? Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, um, partly you taught, you brought up a couple of things. One is, you know, the hobby environment mm-hmm. that you were connecting with. And the other is, uh, cause you talked about social media, you post this and then you receive the backlash. Right. I know for a lot of young listeners, especially social media yeah. would be the area to focus on. How much of this situation do you think was related with this, just putting it all out there and making yourself open to others' opinions? Right. And how much of it was, like, really hobby-related?
1: Sure. And that, that's a great question. Because I have been an early adapter of social media the whole time we've known one another. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to, like, when blogging started... Like I've been blogging for over 20 years. Right. You know, and you were like, what are you doing? Like, why? It didn't,
0: this was before Facebook, was long, long before Facebook. This was
1: before MySpace. And I
0: didn't understand. <laughs> why do, why do people want to know what yeah, happened who, today? Who,
1: who cares what you have to say, right?
0: <laughs> no, I, no, no, I know. We all
1: care. Yeah. Go on. But I've been on <laughs> Facebook since like 14, almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that since the day it launched and became publicly available, I was on it. Right. Um, cause I've always been an early adapter because I, I've taken kind of Paul's teaching, you know, of being being on display. Like, like we're called as Christians to have influence in the world. Yeah. So for me, what I love learning about these tools is how can I have a positive, godly influence in the world around me using these tools, using these, yeah. you know, these yeah, like social media platforms, right? The challenge of them is, is how you perceive the feedback that you receive from yeah. them. Whereas, again, 15 years ago, Facebook was one of the nicest, funnest places to be. <laughs> Today, not so much. Like, it's very toxic. Again, because now we're not going on there to actually dialogue. Right. We're going on there to dictate Interesting. Just that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're not dialoguing anymore. We're dictating. Mm-hmm. So I put my stuff, my stuff, my, and here's what you should do. Here's what you should believe. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. And then if someone tries to interact with that, not, you know, most, the average person's not interested in interacting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And so, so suddenly what I was actually finding myself as someone who was using these tools in order to try to influence in a good way, not as a preaching, preachy right. way. Mm-hmm. My way or the highway because I welcome dialogue.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: But when the response is, well, you're just a this and you're just a this and you're just a this, so who, you know, we don't want to listen to you. And it's like, you know, then suddenly I found myself basically unfriending 1,400 people from Facebook.
0: That's a lot of people. That
1: was a lot of people. Now, I'm not saying all of them were toxic and all of it was bad, but the news feed, it was like, I just want to go back to using Facebook. To kind of check up on my family to see how my family's doing, see how my church is doing. And then the occasional, Hey, here's some articles and things like that to build one another up. But when suddenly there's this massive thing, it just suddenly, I couldn't manage it anymore. Mm-hmm. It was really affecting me. Now, again, was that the weight of the pandemic and everything else that I was going through? Cause I did this only about a year ago that I did this. Right. Uh, but again, this was part of my wellness journey
2: Yeah.
1: is If you want to have a conversation over mask mandates and vaccine mandates or theology, your view of the rapture, different theological positions, all of these things, I'm glad to get together and have a cup of coffee and have a friendly conversation about it. But if you want to blast one another and insult one another and call each other names on social media... Not I've, for you. It's not for me. I have mm-hmm. no tolerance for that, yeah. no, especially when I see Christians doing it. Mm-hmm. I have no tolerance. It was making me so angry. Yeah. And I was, again, on this wellness journey that I really struggled with during the pandemic with anger. Right. A lot of anger.
0: Why me. don't you talk a little bit about that in that journey of anger? Right. And what was getting in there? How was it taking root? And right. how were you able to work in it and through it?
1: Well, I think the the anger began again, probably without even realizing it. So it became it it probably began at the beginning of 2020. So even before COVID and before the pandemic and before lockdowns and all that stuff like that. But so early 2020. So we had a a death in in our family um, that unfortunately just with circumstances and just the way things went down. And again, it's just it is what it is. I probably didn't process that loss mm-hmm. in a way that was healthy okay in a way that was that actually helped me to mourn mm-hmm. the loss and so so that just sat there yeah and, and then the pandemic happened You know, and I don't know if everyone remembers this, but, you know, the first two weeks of the pandemic, it was like everyone was getting on a free holiday and we were all singing Kumbaya and we were all like banging our pots and celebrating the first responders and the nurses and the doctors and they were all heroes and we loved them and it was beautiful. We were were
0: unified. And we
1: were unified and there were concerts and it didn't matter if you were Christian or Hindu or Muslim or gay or straight or black or white. We were all unified against this common enemy of the virus and it was beautiful. (laughs) Well, that lasted about two weeks, <laughs> and then the division kicked in. Yeah, I was like, "Wait a minute!" When suddenly this was not just a two-week thing; this is a three-week, four-week, two months, six months, a year. It suddenly, again, rightfully so, people tired and angry, you know, frustrated and angry, and all of that. And um, and again, so I had the loss of the family member that I didn't really get to process well. Just the busyness of the pandemic. Mm-hmm that it was just go 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 like crazy and then it was and then we had to put our dog down mm-hmm. and i know this sounds silly you know to people but if you know if you lose a pet like that that you've had it's hard and and it was one of those things where i had to make that decision it's like do we just keep trying because like, i bring it to the doctor the vet it's like well we could try this but it might not work we could try this but it might not work we could try this but it might not work and you're sitting there going well when do you make the decision
2: Mm -hmm. Right. And it
1: was like, really, and you try to do research and try to find someone to ask, you know, that when should I do this? And it's like, well, you have to decide it's your dog. No one will tell you. So so suddenly it's like, here we are as a family. We have to make this decision. So I make the decision, make the call. It's not a good quality of life. We bring her to the vet, put her down. And so, again, I'm in the room. The dog is with me. And it was my dog, even Mm -hmm. though it was a family dog. She was my dog. Yeah even though I don't like dogs. <laughs> like, I'm not a dog well, she person. She liked
2: you. Exactly,
1: but I was the alpha. Like, she was my dog. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, we put her down, and she put her head on my lap, and then we, you know, because I give her one injection to help her sleep, to knock her out, and then the other injection ends the life. And so, as she was falling asleep, she put her, her head on my lap, I was sitting on the floor with her, and then she was gone. And that rocked me. In a way I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. So you got the loss of the family member dealing with the pandemic, watching Christians act very unchristian <laughs> in social media, dealing with the pandemic, and then this loss of the dog, and no time to process any of that.
0: Right. we
1: so just go, 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 go. New mandate, new guidelines, new restrictions. How do we pivot? How do we change? How do we bless people? Reinventing how we do church. Constantly reinventing Mm -hmm. how we do ministry over the last two years, right? And so so suddenly I found myself at the end of 2020 really, really, really angry. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when you're talking, you're talking about things of grief and things that, you know, like grieving the loss of somebody and then grieving the loss of the dog. Right. Um, maybe grieving the loss of, you know, freedom. Freedoms. Whatever, and whatever those things might comfort be. Comfort
1: at church and familiar things that are familiar and yeah.
0: And for you, it brought anger. Yeah. So can you explain that a little bit
1: deeper? Uh, probably not. I, mm-hmm. I'm not even too sure because I'm not generally an angry person. Right. Because, I mean, we've been together over 20 years. Right. How often do you see me angry?
0: Well, there's flicker in your eyes for a few moments, I've yeah. seen. But, I mean, that's about it.
1: But I've never exploded in never. words of anger. Never. You've never heard me shout. No. Like, I've never shouted at you. I've mm-hmm. never shouted at the kids. I, no. Nope. I, I walk away. I go inward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I've... Outward expressions of anger mm-hmm. have never really been my thing. Yeah. Now, I think I struggled with some of that stuff when I was a little kid.
2: Mm.
1: And I did have a couple of incidents, I think, in my drinking teenage years. Mm-hmm. There was some uh yeah. outbursts. And, and maybe they just scared me enough to never do it again. Right. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but um, but that's not generally And even in
0: this anger that you talk about, yeah. you weren't out of control in no, anger goodness, or anything no. like but that either. But it was either.
1: pent up. Mm -hmm. It was pent up anger Mm -hmm. and everything was bothering me. Yeah. Every meeting was bothering me. Every email was bothering me. Every, (laughs) every time I turn on the news, Mm -hmm. it was bothering me. Um,
0: So so you identified it. And then how did you go about dealing with that?
1: Well, so, so, during the first bout of realizing that I had some areas to work on about not being well, so when I started the medication, so part of that journey back then, and that's what five, six years ago, was I start, you know started going for Christian counseling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, so I found a, a professional counselor who I started meeting with, and he walked me through a number of things, which was very, very helpful, um, and kind of left that relationship. you know, well, when you need it again, come back type of thing. So I reached out to him again.
0: And interestingly, if we can go back even further, right. There have been some times when you've reached out for Christian yeah. therapy yeah. and there have been times when, um, you've just needed to learn how to cope with what's going on and right. going deeper was not well, something you were ready for. Well, at that it time, just,
1: Yeah. Whether I wasn't ready for it or there wasn't time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the first time that I started seeing him, like it was, again, when I first started the medicine, I had the medication because of that time of crying in the car, you know, he wanted to go deep. Like he, like he was like, you have past hurts and you've got you know wounds and blah blah. And he wanted to go deep. And I was like, dude, I don't have time for deep. <laughs> like it's, again, it's not that things were bad, but it's busy, and I don't have time to go really deep. I don't have time to journal and write letters and, you know. Have a meeting with my parents and talk to them about things from our childhood and ask them probing questions to get, it, you know, more information about what childhood was really like instead of what it was in my head and kind of all these things. And these are all good, healthy things to do. Mm-hmm. I just don't have time. And I like, you Dude. felt
0: overwhelmed. And I was
1: overwhelmed mm-hmm. already. So I was like, don't add more things to overwhelm me. Just give me some tools to Start getting better, and then I'll deal with those type of issues later on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and when so you're that kind of time to do it.
0: that time came,
1: yeah, for you to go back and, and do some
0: more yep. therapy,
1: exactly. And
0: did you go deeper? Would you say we during- went a
1: lot deeper mm-hmm. in that second time around? Again, so these roots of anger and can again, like with dealing with family member loss and decisions, to put the dog down. You know, where does that anger come from? Where does that disappointment come from? And how to deal with that in a healthy way? How to give that to God? And that, like, it was really, really excellent, excellent exercise. And then there was part of the spiritual journey with that. So also while I was doing that, then I was also seeing someone who does more like prayer ministry Mm -hmm. to kind of help me spiritually as well. Right. At the same time.
0: Because they are. They're they're so overlapped. They're Mm -hmm. so
1: overlapped. And sometimes it's hard to know which one is the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going with my, you know, therapist. Yeah. And he's helping me. I'm going through a prayer ministry and he's helping me. And the two of them together at the same time really helped me process the anger and see me healed of that anger and that anger gone. Like the fact that I can actually tell the story about putting the dog down mm-hmm. and not tear up. Right. And not feel angry and not feel I shouldn't have, done it, or Why did I or all the doubt and all the things right. I used to feel is for me a sign of that wellness. Right. And it's not just, well, over time I've gotten over it. No, no, I've actually gotten over it in a healthy way. Right. Where I can actually see that story now and that pain as a way, that, okay, God, how are now you going to use that past pain that I've been healed of and I'm well of now to bless other people? Right. <laughs> right? Because for me, that's what the journey is always about. I don't want to just improve for my sake. You know, because I, I, I believe that God's going to use our wellness journey to bless other people.
0: Right. right? We've talked about it before as, as a, as a ripple effect.
1: As the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: And so now, what kind of place are you in now in your emotional well being?
1: I think I'm in a much better, better spot than I've been in the last several years. Mm -hmm. There's still some things I'm working on. I'm still working on the hobby thing. I'm still working on what do I like to do for fun and what's life giving. Uh, so that's still there, but it's not derailing me as much as it used to. It does from time to time, yeah. You know, on a Friday night when we're just sitting there watching TV again, and I hate TV, so it's like, <laughs> and the whole family loves just sitting around watching a movie, so I do it. But it's like, oh my goodness, again, like, it's mm-hmm. like, I need to do something else. Um, so I still wrestle with that a little bit, but it's not derailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: what what do you think changed there?
1: Uh, again, I just think it's been the, this process, this journey of healing. Uh, our wellness and um but again, because I've also been focusing on other areas Right, focusing there's some new on,
0: hobbies that you've gotten into. Right,
1: my fitness you know, hobby, which we've talked about in previous episodes, right, so that has really give, been very life-giving to me Uh our vegetable garden outside so I've started, so I'm, I've never been an outdoors person <laughs> and Danielle is an outdoors person she loves right. camping and swimming and boating and all of these things and I'm not into that stuff at all but um, with um, gardening, like I'm outside most days now, like pretty much every day in the spring all the way to the fall,
0: mm-hmm.
1: working on our vegetable garden. And I love it. Love it. Love it. Right. Yeah.
0: And um, yeah, so those hobbies, uh, figuring out some other things that seem to bring you a sense of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else when it comes to your emotional wellness these days?
1: Well, again, so there's the physical part that has helped the emotion. There's also the spiritual side that I think has helped the emotion. Just kind of feeling closer to God, turning on worship music when I'm feeling a little blah, you know. Basically, one of the, here's one of the things that I don't know how many pastors would actually say this, but this has been my reality. One of the blessings of church online has been being able to fully worship on Sunday. Hmm. And it was hilarious. So we'd be at home during the pandemic watching Church Online, like the services that we put together on the Church Online platform. And, uh, you know, so the worship team did an amazing job putting the worship together. Our worship pastor would have a time of prayer, and he's just so pastoral in his prayer uh, ministry. And then there'd be a sermon that I would have pre-recorded during the week, which we're now watching on the platform. And I'm watching it like I've never heard it before. And I'm like, wow. Oh, my goodness, that's really good. You know, like, what a great point, you know, and it's just like, and it was so life-giving to just attend church. Wow. Now, again, now I'm not saying I'm quitting my job mm-hmm. and I don't love what I'm doing, but in that season, I needed that. hmm To not worry about the numbers and who's here and who's not here and did volunteers show up and they didn't show up and, you know, hey, the projection's not working or someone complaining it's too loud and all of that stuff. Like, I could just worship. And so that continued after the pandemic. So once we got back into the building, it's like, for me, that must continue.
0: And so how have you been able to
1: just continue make, that? Just making sure certain things are done. Making sure thir- certain things are done by Thursday. Volunteers are confirmed by, thir- or confirmed by Thursday. Make sure sermons are done written by Friday. Not writing Saturday night sermons. Um, actually, even trying to make it so that sermons are written the Friday before. They're written a full week before I actually wow. preach them. And then when I show up on Sunday, like I've had people on, who come up to me on Sunday. Oh, could you make an announcement about? No. Answer is no. Yeah, but no. No. Can, can I just talk to you about... Nope. <laughs> it's like Sunday morning is not the time for a meeting. Sunday morning is not the time to change something. Sunday morning is not the time to make announcements or all that kind of stuff. It's, we are all gathered here to worship. Mm. Call me tomorrow.
0: So it sounds like some boundary setting right. for the sake of your wellness, even both... You know, emotionally and spiritually well, and even
1: their wellness and, mm. and actually see this as a discipleship thing. So if I have one of my one of our leaders who, you know, who knows they're supposed to have it in by Thursday, if they didn't get in by Thursday and it's five minutes before the service and they want it announced, we need to tell them no. Right. That's a discipleship thing of our leaders. Interesting. It's like, no, dude, do that. you've missed the deadline. So you've missed it. And so next week, make sure you don't miss the deadline. You know, and there's nothing wrong with saying no to your leaders. Mm -hmm. It's a discipleship thing. Because every time we keep saying yes, the line keeps moving. And that's what happens to me and happened to me in ministry. Yeah. Is the line moves. The line moves. Well, how many nights in a week do you go out? Is it just one? Is it two? Is it six? Is it every night? Like, it's so easy to keep moving the line. And you will move the line because you're going to be fine. And you're not going to realize, alive. exactly, you're going to not realize that you're having emotional unwellness until you are crying in your car.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And for And for a lot of people, then it's really a hard journey to get out of that. Mm-hmm. So if you can put things in place beforehand. So I had to get to that point and do the harder journey. And yeah. I know some people, their journey has been even harder than mine that we've talked to and have walked with. Yeah. Right? So... So yeah, those were some of the learning points that I took from that. Great.
0: So obviously, you want for our listeners to you know be walking in emotional health. Mm-hmm. What are some of the you know best tips after yeah. walking through this journey that you could say right. Uh, I would want to I would want to see, I mean, all of the people in my church doing this, all of yeah. the other leaders that are that are listening, doing this. What are the top things that are, are, yeah. are a greatest priority? Do you
1: yeah, think? I think, honestly, like there's so many great resources on this topic now. And I actually think <laughs> unapologetically that every single pastor, every single church staff person, associate pastor, every single elder, every single leader in the church should read Peter Scazario's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I just flat out do, unapologetically, read your Bible and Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Because, sadly, too many people, we think we're spiritually mature when we have these deep emotional wounds that are never processed. Wow. And when I think of the conflict that we've had in our church, and we haven't had a lot, praise God for that. But when I think of the conflict that we have had in our church, it has... Always been. Not a spiritual thing. Well, sometimes there's spiritual spiritual forces at play, absolutely. But it has come from emotional un- unhealthiness. Okay. More than biblical knowledge, more than theology, more than, you know, it, it's coming from a woundedness.
0: And one of the things that Peter and Jerry Scazzaro had put in their book and have in their teaching is that you cannot be fully spiritually discipled and mature if you're still emotionally immature.
1: Yeah, well, it's the example, right? Like, I'm making something up. This didn't actually happen in our church, but let's say, for example, you were raised by an abusive father. So let's say that happened to you, right? And well, then every time you go into a church and then you hear the pastor kind of making a recommendation or telling you something to do, if that's triggering these negative views of your father, it's like, who are you to tell me what to do? Mm. It's like, That's not a spiritual thing. That's not a Bible thing. That's an emotional healing thing that you need to work through because you're not able to hear from your heavenly father because you're putting your earthly father who abused you into that same – putting God into that same picture or another man or another pastor or something like that, right? So where your emotional
0: wounds actually do affect you spiritually. Exactly. um, Right.
1: unintentionally. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and it – Breaks relationships and breaks fellowship and all of those things. So so that would be step one. If you have not read that book, you order the book, get the book. There's the online curriculums and video studies that you can go through. It's really, really important. I've come to believe that. Now,
0: do you recommend the, the regular book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality? And or Emotionally Healthy Leader and or the side companion guide. Start
1: with the main one. You mm-hmm. just start with the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I guarantee that will speak to you. Uh, I've gotten a lot personally out of the other book that you mentioned, the Emotionally Healthy Leadership, mm-hmm. because I do think it addresses core leadership stuff that we don't tend to address. Well, again, and I just mentioned it, if a volunteer, a volunteer, it's one of your godly sweet volunteers, they miss the deadline. Well, we show grace, and we show forgiveness, and so we move the line for them all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's a leadership thing. You're actually creating an unhealthy leadership environment if right. you're not careful. Now, don't be mean and rude. and You missed a deadline. You're out. You know, <laughs> like, or anything like that. But this is discipleship. Right discipleship. It's like we do this in such a way so that people aren't stressed out. We do this so that the pastor and the rest of the staff can worship on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We do this for these reasons. Disciple people well. This is, these are leadership principles right. that I think we're afraid to do mm-hmm. because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Well, if you're afraid of hurting people's feelings, then you have some emotional unwellness that you need to deal with.
0: Some baggage. You might there. have some baggage. Mm-hmm. Why
1: are you afraid to hurt people's feelings? You know, that's a question you got to ask. Got to process those type of things. And it's in not a that you should have
0: a desire. No, kind of, of course not. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. It's not that you want <laughs> to be doing you're ministry of it.
1: But you're so afraid of mm-hmm. hurting people's feelings. Well, what's the end game here? Right. So are you doing ministry in such a way to make sure no one's feelings are ever hurt? Mm-hmm. Ministry is offensive. Like the Bible is offensive. The teachings of Jesus is offensive. Eventually, you're going to upset someone just yeah. by saying love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I hate my neighbor. Well, sorry. You need to love them. (laughs) Right. So that's
0: great. So emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, So that's your biggest tip. Do you have anything else?
1: Uh, Again, um, don't be afraid of counseling. Mm. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Honestly, I probably was. Okay. I probably had a, stigma against going for counseling it's like hey i'm fine everything's okay i don't need this that's for people who really need help right uh there's nothing wrong with getting help mm-hmm. at all at all like we tell people as leaders to get help well should listen to our own advice <laughs> <laughs> this is for you <laughs> exactly. not for me <laughs> well, and i think in, you know if you're in the care profession you need to be caring for yourself yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. so crucial or you just won't last in it. And so, you know, finding a counselor that you can trust, you know, to go to doesn't have to be every week for the rest of your life but, you know, short-term solution focus, you know, counseling to help you deal some coping strategies, things like that I think is so important. So, so
0: not so much the therapy? Well,
1: even the therapy part mm-hmm. but even just a starting point, yeah. you know, if you find yourself just struggling with different emotions and, you know, again, like in my case, struggling with the anger. Like, again. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when you can't figure out the reason why it's there. Okay, yeah, sure. There's a couple of things that have happened, but I'm way too angry for what these are.
0: <laughs> this doesn't measure up. It
1: doesn't measure up. Like, mm-hmm. this is really making me, or your wife says something and you explode. Well, there's something deeper going on that right. you need to look at, mm-hmm. you know, or you explode at your husband or whatever. Right. It's, yeah, so.
0: So okay. emotionally healthy spirituality, yep. getting counseling or therapy if you mm-hmm. need it and, and giving up the stigma of that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And third, I think and this is still the journey I'm on is have fun.
0: <laughs> have fun? Have fun.
1: Like that that's the try the environment we try to create in our church, I try to make the environment fun uh with the relationships with the staff, with the elders, the deacons, our leaders that, you know, it's not always possible, there is work to do, but we try to create that fun, but you know, as a leader, where are you having fun? Like real fun that's life-giving, that you're enjoying. You know, the gifts, the talents, the blessings, the people that God has given you, how you're enjoying Sabbath keeping, those type of things.
0: So spring is coming. Yep. Are you looking forward to fun in the garden? I am. am.
1: What's
0: coming up that you're looking forward to this year, this season? Well,
1: next week is uh, seed planting time already. So I got to go out. Actually, this weekend, this coming weekend is seed planting weekend. So I got to go and get all my little... My little pots and soil, and plant all my seeds, and find a place to put them where the cat won't eat them, <laughs> and never or, or poop in them. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting that going. I was just outside today doing a little bit of a walk around to see what the yard looks like, Now that the snow is disappearing.
0: I love this time of year since lot, you started the garden.
1: I have a lot of work to do this <laughs> year. Our yard looks terrible.
0: But it's so fun because but you get out it. there and you can't wait to yeah. get out there some more, and it's like, it's like you know, you can't wait for the snow to melt. Exactly. So, yeah, I look forward to having some fun out there, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. Great, so thanks so much Kevin for- Oh my goodness. Thank you your, again. You yeah. know, suggestions and also for sharing your story mm-hmm. uh, with us, and uh, just to take away that sense of we can't talk about emotions. You talked about the thing, absolutely like crying, that anger that builds up, yep. all those things that you know we don't want to have happen, but at the same time we we have emotions exactly, <laughs> and we need to learn how to help and how to deal health, with them.
1: There's a healthy way that can bring you to wellness. Mm-hmm. I really believe there is. Mm-hmm. It might take a little bit of work, but it's so worth it. Awesome. So yeah. Great. Great. So thank you so much, Danielle, for asking me those questions. And we're going to finish off this journey of wellness next week. As Danielle concludes this, she's going to be talking about her spiritual journey. You definitely won't want to miss that. And then after we finish this series, we have, we're going to be starting again talking about wellness from you know spiritual emotional physical wellness and we have a number of guests that are lined up so i can't announce who they are yet because we're working on the dates and working on the order that they're going to be coming but we got some great guests who've been on these journeys of wellness that we're really excited for you to hear from and learn from so that you can be well in your journey so as always, we really appreciate each and every one of you. Please, you know, if this, if you were blessed by this, share it, uh, comment, put a review. That really, really helps us out a lot. Let us know how we can improve it. We do take feedback. <laughs> so please Absolutely. let us know. And until next week, well, God bless you everybody. We'll talk to you then.
0: God bless. You've been listening to the revitalized podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you found this content helpful, please consider subscribing, sharing on social media, and leaving a review. This helps us to help even more people. Join us next time for more insights on emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness in your leadership.